Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's a charity stride, pitch free throws because they're free. Fisher disciples, DJ, Nikki, Snacks, Kreider. The Super Bowl matchup is set. Much to no one's surprise, at least as it should be. It's Chiefs versus Niners. We're getting the rematch. Pretty exciting stuff. Chiefs beat the Ravens to the tune of 17 to 10 on the road. The Niners were short. They were down. Huge comeback. Reverse for Shanahan um, from the Super Bowl with the Falcons and the Patriots. He makes an epic comeback at home against the Detroit Lions. They win 34-31. We'll start in the Chiefs-Ravens game, which I guess if you include the Zay Flowers touchdown where he fumbles it in the end zone and it's a touchback and the Chiefs get the ball back, they lose 17-10. The Ravens lose 17-10, and it could have been 17-17. So maybe that was a bigger surprise to me. Um, That game because I really thought the Ravens with the line had that one, but when push came to shove, Spagnola was awesome once again, and he always delivers, and he's got to be one of the greatest defensive coordinators of all time. Yeah, no doubt, and I think, you know, it's, it's one of those things where we said all the time, some guys are meant to be co- coordinators, and some guys are have the sauce to be head coaches, and, you know, he found most of his luck as a coordinator. I don't think he's the type of guy who's ever going to get another head coaching opportunity. I mean, he kind of already let that ship sail um, when he was coaching for the Rams, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the things that was so underrated about the Chiefs all season long. I mean, it's always overshadowed by the Mahomes and the Kelsey hype, but mm-hmm. you know they locked up Chris Jones. You know he he sat out to start the season and ended up paying big dividends for them. He made such a huge impact in this game, this this uh, this championship game. And you know Trent McDuffie was a guy who was bumped and bruised throughout the season, and you know he he made his way back to be healthy. And um, just can't say enough about how that defense played, but. At the end of the day, it's like any time that the Chiefs are the underdog in the playoff, it's like, why are people choosing not to bet on them? Mm. Like you're you're choosing not to bet on maybe the greatest quarterback of all time and one of the greatest head coaches of all time and probably the greatest tight end of all time in the playoffs when they've won it multiple times. They've been to the AFC championship now six six straight years. Crazy. This, this is Mahomes' fourth Super Bowl. Like pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. Fourth it's- Super Bowl in a row. <clears throat> yeah, th- at this point in his career, he's um, if he wins, right, he would be one Super Bowl shy of Brady. Um, but as far as appearances, he's matched him there, which is incredibly impressive. Uh, you mentioned McDuffie. I'll throw out another name on the defensive side for the Chiefs, Karloftis. I mean, it matters. Same draft. Same draft. It matters who you pick in these drafts when these picks play and when they make an impact. They're, they're forced to make an impact, right? In every single one of these games, a guy who has been taken in the last two years uh, was either an impact player or a player that had the light shined on them and they didn't step up. You know, you, you talk about Karloftis with a crucial sack. You talk about McDuffie with some great PBUs, right? You're talking about on the other side, um, Zay Flowers fumbling into the end zone on that excellent punch out by Snead, right? He made a play there. It wasn't just that Zay Flowers dropped the ball. Um, you want to talk about, you know, Jake Moody missing a field goal in that first half. You can talk about the Lions. You talk about Gibbs fumbling in his game. Like these draft picks, they really matter. And 
Um, I, I would say all, you know, all four of these teams ha had crucial guys that helped them get there, young guys and old guys. But Karloftis, what that defense did, um, he was all over the place. He was wreaking havoc in that backfield. And the offensive game plan by Todd Monken did a complete 180 from what it had been the entire season. They only ran the ball six times with their running backs. They wanted to drop Lamar back there. And the Chiefs were able to get a ton of pressure, force him into some tough situations. Even that touchdown that he threw to Zay Flowers came on an MVP-esque play where he had to duck underneath a sack. It was an insane play. Insane play. But again, like the Chiefs were there. They were in the backfield and they were putting pressure and hands on him. Um, and it was a really interesting game. I, I thought that the call um, by by Romo and and Nance was really on the money just in regards to the approach by Harbaugh and how physical they wanted to be in this game and how they kind of went a little bit too too much past that, right? They, mm -hmm. let, they let their minds get the better of them, and they made a lot of silly mistakes in this football game that really cost them in some crucial positions. Um, I'm not really talking about the was it was it Roquan who had the um, the encroachment that turned into a uh, a personal foul like I don't know that was kind of a borderline call but there were a lot of other plays where I felt like they were letting the refs give the favoritism to the Chiefs that we know that they can have because they have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey out there like they get a lot more calls than a lot of other teams um, mm -hmm. that happens in every sport when you have the best of the best but you can't put them in a position where you're hitting them just as their foot hits out of bounds, right? Like those kind of moments, it felt like slapping Mahomes in the helmet. You just can't do that. And you have to no. be disciplined in that game because if you give them an inch, the Chiefs are going to take a mile. And that that's kind of what happened. And ultimately the, the Ravens just didn't have enough offense in the tank. And that was kind of their question mark. Like their defense did make plays despite having some of these snafus. They gave up um, no points in the second half. Like let's like let's call it like a, let's call it yeah. how it is. This wasn't a barn burner by any means. They like, absolutely stymied Pacheco in the second half, who had had a good first half. Like he ends yeah. up, I think, with two point six yards per carry. Like all in all, he's, it a, was good, a, he's a pretty good route runner, though. Did y'all notice that? Oh yeah, he, he's yeah. a really talented football player. I mean, he, he's a he's a wide receiver in the backfield. He's a beast. He's a real talented dude. And he was, yeah. you know, he's nursing a toe injury, which is he, he was wearing a special cleat for that. But the penalties, like eight penalties for 95 yards, you can't have that against Mahomes and the, and the Chiefs. Uh, no. They will make you pay. Right. And the turnover battle, like you talk about it in the Lions, and the Niners game, like the turning, like, yes, the Niners were making a, a big comeback. They were down by what, 17 points at the half. And they came up and they scored the first 10 points in the third quarter. And we saw in our Texas Longhorn versus Washington Huskies, you know, Sugar Bowl, how important the third quarter can be. It's a very underrated quarter. And, yeah. and like, you know, if you're going to fumble in your own half of the field, this offense is going to make you pay. And that's what happened. They made them pay. I felt eerily so similar to the Longhorn Nash to the um the uh, Sugar Bowl Tricky. game. Yeah. Yeah. Great haircut by the way. No thanks dude. <laughs> um yeah it felt so similar because like it, it felt like all the momentum was shifting in the third quarter. The lines barely had the ball, couldn't get anything going. That fumble was very reminiscent of the fumble that uh CJ Baxter had or or, or maybe it was Jaden Blue. I know they both fumbled but um, <laughs> one of the two, but yeah, I mean, it's not even the fact that you fumbled in your own end. It's the fact that you ran one play and fumbled, right? Where they just scored and then they just got the ball back one play later. Yeah. Like that's yeah. a big momentum shift. And of course they're going to score again. Um, yeah. And, and ultimately 
they weren't able to do anything after that and mm -hmm. suck the life out of everything. It seemed like every single little thing was going right for the Niners. And, you know, the entire game for the Lions, at least the second half, kind of just seemed like they swapped their fingers out for, for dicks. Like they literally had dick fingers the entire time. Josh Reynolds dropped two crucial conversions. Uh, one was a little bit tougher catch on fourth down, but one was right between the numbers on third down. Um, Amon Ross and Brown dropped one on the last drive. I mean, we're talking about fumbling. Jameer Gibbs fumbled. The defensive back doinked right off his face mask to, to, to go right into Brandon Ayuk's hands on the six yard line, and then they ended up scoring there. Yeah, like, he had that. I mean, that was I do, I do, I think pass. on that play, I do think Ayuk got. I think he got a tiny bit of it. It looked like he did. And then, you know, if you're trying to catch, you're tracking that ball, if it moves even oh, just a slight. Sure. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure it looked like I, you got a fingertip on it. And that's kind of what made it even more yeah. difficult. Of a In guy. a day with amazing plays, like when you talk about the Lamar touchdown as a flowers, that ridiculous Mahomes, like it was like the fourth longest play of the year. Mahomes escapes pressure. And like, you know, at the last second throws it up to Kelsey who dives and catches it. Some really amazing plays were made yesterday. And probably the best play of them all was the IU catch. Like well, that, that, was, that really for sure was the biggest that. momentum shift in the entire game. Had yes, uh, it's a great call for the momentum shift. It was unbelievable. And I know Reynolds got a little love on one of our last shows. He's not he's not a wide receiver at three. He's probably a wide receiver four, in my opinion. And I think Jamison Williams had a really great game, and that was a first-round pick game. But he needs to have that next year as the wide receiver two for this team to really function as a high-octane well, offense. And what does he have to do to be the wide receiver two? He has to stay on the field. Even in this game, he yeah. still, he's still limping around, right? Like, he's played two seasons of football, and most of the time him being out there, I think, schematically has been helpful because he's such a decoy with his speed. But he's also played two seasons of football where he, when he's been on the field, he's been coming back from an ACL injury. He's been coming back from a hamstring injury this season. Like, ha, have we seen Jameson Williams really at full health yet no. in the NFL? Like, it's hard to say that we have. So he has to get healthy in this offseason to come back to be that wide receiver, too, for this team, which they need him to be. And even, I mean, Laporta had a tremendous game and he was he was banged up, too. Like, there were yeah. some talented, talented football players. I have no doubt that we got the four best teams and i think we we're seeing that we're getting the two best yeah. the best of the best are playing in the super bowl Re realistically well, yeah. like, the chiefs defense like, as, is, like right. mahomes and kelsey will always deliver and like pacheco i think is getting a good amount of love from us and rice is a really good football player that we like but defensively like these are two really stout defenses and strong defenses and in that second half scheme they had on golf like Goff's a really good in-pocket quarterback, but there was a couple plays they made him roll out and made him escape to pocket, and he was not great. And he really struggled in that capacity. And, and I think that the pressure they put on him was really strong before we get into the Super Bowl matchup. I, I love Dan Campbell, and I think he's the one of the – he's you know got to be the biggest reason the Lions are where they are at today. He's a perfect guy for the job, perfect guy for Detroit. He did not call a good fourth-quarter game. He should have kicked that field goal. You take the points, especially when you're down, especially Why? against the team. Twice. Probably should have kicked the goal twice. Yes. And also when you are when you are down by 10 and there is two minutes left in the game and you don't have all three timeouts, you just have two. You don't run the ball. There was not enough level of urgency. I, I appreciate you trying to get him off guard on third down and goal and, and you know, try to catch him with the run. Not it a wasn't, good move. It wasn't even trying to catch him off guard because I like they were even saying on the telecast, they're like, well, Montgomery just entered in and he's in the backfield now and like Jared Goff's under center. So, like, if they run the ball, they better score here. Like, they can't afford to have time come off the clock and they can't afford to take a timeout. 
And like the, you knew when Montgomery came in, like they're running it with him. It was so, yeah. like, so, so obvious, but I agree. Yeah. I mean, you need to kick the ball. Um, they, I mean, they had two crucial fourth, fourth down, you know, fails, well, but the thing is like, you know, that's kind of the mentality that got them there in the first place. You know, he's been doing is. that all season long. And so it's like, it's paid off all season long. If you're not going to, you know, risk it then, then, you know, what's the point. But the one thing that kind of bugged me as at the, after the game, uh, Camel made a comment saying this might've been our only shot, which is like, as a head coach, as a fan, as a player, like you don't want to hear that from your head coach. Like well, that's I really head scratching. Yeah, and it's very out of character for him. I think he just may be caught up in the emotion because I think that this team is not played. I want to say they haven't played their best football. Goff is still young. Laporta is a guy we love, and he's only a rookie. Amon Rossi Brown, it feels like he's been around a lot longer, but this was his third year. Gibbs is a rookie. Sewell, Panay Sewell's, what, third, fourth year? Aiden Hutchinson, they're going to have another draft pick this year that they'll hopefully hit on if, if you know, Holmes yeah. is such a good drafter. Like, There's a lot of youth on this team. I think they need some defensive backfield help, for sure. I think we all know that. But I, it's a very head scratching move. But I want to give maybe give him the benefit of the doubt and say the emotions are in there for him. But it, it, it is completely bizarre comment. I I think it was it was coupled with him saying, acknowledging how difficult it is to get to that point, which okay. I think is really important to have that perspective. I, I think he's also like maybe giving us a peek behind the curtain that we don't often get. Right, he's a guy that's brutally honest and very blunt about things. This team will presumably not have Ben Johnson as their OC, and that will change things. Yeah, I mean, he's probably getting hired tomorrow by the commanders. By the commanders. And as we saw with the Eagles this year, when you take away great coordinators from a good head coach, um, it, it it changes what, you know, the, the OC that it's, it's going to change what he wants to do. Whoever comes into the building, it's going to change what they look like next year. Obviously they're going to want to try and do a similar thing that they did this year, but it's not the same guy calling the plays. And I know Campbell has a lot to do with those play calls and the schemes on offense, but things will slightly change. And I, I think more than anything, it was just like him with full of that sorrow of like, we're not going to have the same group going into next year. Not the exact same group. And it will no, matter. It changes. Yeah. Well, I mean, we saw with the Eagles and you, you toss, you beat that jump all year. Eagles, the, the lack of continuity at the coordinator spots, like it matters. Yeah. And it, and it matters. You know, you want to know why the Cowboys still have Mike McCarthy. That's why, right. Is because that continuity. like if you want to stay in the hunt, you have to keep some of the pieces the same. And I know it's like, it's easy for us to be like, Oh, even the most absurd fans are saying like, because of the calls that Dan Campbell made, he shouldn't be the head coach. Like you're kidding yourself. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, no, he got them there. And at the end of the day, every single one of those players love the crap out of him. And he's right. The and they, why will, they got them there. You know, and they will continue to the one thing yeah. I will say on his decision-making though, to me. Okay. So at the end of the first half, he kicks that field goal, right. Mm -hmm. As opposed Perfect. to go, yeah. going I, I for agree. it. I'd agree with that. But some would say that I think it was like fourth and three, like that's a little against, what his mantra has been. Now I think it's worth noting that like, it's not an analytical standpoint for him. It's, it's a gut. He, the way that he's described it before is more of like, I trust my guys. I want them out there. I want them to make the play. We're not like hardcore analytics and that's why we're doing it. Um, sure. They might favor us in certain situations, but that's not how I coach and that's not how we play. Um, then the second time around is in the third quarter, right? And it's right after the 49ers have marched down. You held them to a field goal on that opening possession in the second half. You have an opportunity to match points for points. 
You mm-hmm. don't get it. And make it a three-possession game again. And make it a three-possession game again. My real knock is because they just scored and they were able to pretty easily move the ball down the field, if you don't convert, which they didn't, now mm-hmm. you give the ball back to the 49ers and give them the momentum of having a huge stop in home field advantage. Forget the odds. Forget the analytics. For me, it's more of the feel of knowing what they're coming back to yeah. on that next drive. And they were able to run McCaffrey well in that opening drive. And of course they go down and they score. So I, for me, it's more about like, you have to be present in the moment and know that how momentum can change. Of course, like they get that crazy Ayuk play, but like, I would, I would add in there that like guys get more focused when they know that things are going right for them. And that's why yeah. Ayuk, you know, might've right helped him come down with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And it's hard to, you know, make these calls from the couch it's different when you're on the field there and you don't have kind of the bird's eye view perspective and you're talking to the players and you're motivating your team it's a completely different feel and a completely different mindset but i'm with you i mean especially i I was praying that they weren't going to go for it um to to end the half because i was like okay you guys are up by two touchdowns right now right if you don't score then you just had that drive for nothing and ultimately san francisco gets the ball back at halftime and if they go down and score, it's a one possession game right there. Right. Yeah. And so they kick the field goal to three possession game, but I'm with you match points for points, continue to make it a three possession game because your, your possessions are limited in the, in the second half, right? Like that, that gives them an extra five or, or four minutes off the clock. That they have to work with that San Francisco might not have been able to have, you know, you, yeah. you ultimately could have changed your entire play call, you know, to run the clock out more. If you were up by three possessions rather than, you know, trying to keep the gap smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. And so once they got the second, once they got the first touchdown, right, where, where they made a seven point game, I was like, oh God, like this is, this is, and they can, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Because like, yeah, yeah. like they're, they're heavyweights, man. Like this is a heavyweight team. They are a talented championship caliber team. They've been there before. A lot of the guys have been there before. They're vets on this team. Yes, there are young dudes like Purdy, their quarterback is young. But keep in mind, like we say this all the time, he's a four year starter in college. Like his experience level is extremely high at playing yeah. the quarterback position professionally. Yeah, so balls that game too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they Colt McCoy on our horns up show was like, I count colleges for the pros. He does. And like, so like, I mean, now going off that, like Purdy has unbelievable experience. McCaffrey is a gamer. He's been in the league forever. Debo and it has been to the Super Bowl before. He's did it with Ayuk. You know, if we're saying Kelsey and Gronk yeah. are 1A, 1B, like, you know, who the number two is, tight end all time potentially. Like, he, he's got a Kittle's got a stake to the claim with, you know, Gonzalez, Gates, and, and, and Witten, Shen Sharp. Like, he, he's in that mix for the second best tight end of all time. And not to mention, they have arguably one of the best left tackles of all time, not just on offense. Like, defensively, Warner's a beast. Bose is a defensive player of the year. Like, they have got Hargrave as one to the Super Bowl last year with the Eagles. Yeah. Like, and this I is think- a team that's not going to break. And I think, you know, in terms of just coaching experience and just being a play caller, like we're going to look, you know, in 20 years and be like, okay, Shanahan was one of the greatest minds in football. He really, yeah. was, he really is. I mean, just like when able, he's been able to do with these teams and, you know, how he's been able to kind of handle everything. Like, I mean, he's gotten to Super Bowl now twice in his, in his young career. So it's pretty impressive, but I was texting you guys on the side and this is the last I'll, I'll harp on this lion's crumble, but second half play call just looked very pedestrian. It was very predictable. You know, it's like, all right, when Montgomery's on the field, they're just going to run it straight up the middle. When Gibbs is on the field, they're going to, they're going to, you know, try to hit the edge. Like they had no semblance of the pass game really going on. 
you know, guys were yeah. dropping wild passes. Like their biggest strength sometimes is like the crossing routes, right? Where it's like they they drag Amon Ross and Brown across the middle and then they drag, you know, someone else across the middle and someone else goes deep. And like they had that covered, you know, and the and Steve Wilkes and the defense just like, you know, they were disguising man and zone really well and they were, you know, they predicted everything pretty much the entire second half. And so yeah, it got really one track minded and you can tell exactly what was going on. And they had three and outs, three and outs had misconversions and they had fumbles and it's like shot yourself in the foot. Well, I think that was it, right? It was like, it was, it was power versus power because what they wanted to do, like you said, with those crossing routes, get guys across the middle of the field with Laporta, with Amon Ra, that's where the 49ers defense is at its best because their best two playmakers are in the middle of the field with Greenlaw and Fred Warner, right? Where they are weaker, just in the same way that the Lions are, is on the outside and up the sidelines. And neither QB has really done that much of that this entire season. Um, look, I can imagine what it's like getting hit by Fred Warner and Greenlaw the entire game. Those guys w- made an intention to, to be physical in that game. There were a couple hits after where Greenlaw walked off, and I was like, whoa. Like, Amara just took a shot and he's not yeah. a huge guy, you know? And so no, they're, they're beasts. I, I think they really made their physicality known. Um, I thought that Bosa rushed the passer better than he had, like in his previous three games, they had not been getting a lot of noise. And then they were able in the second half to stop Gibbs up the middle. They were, they were able relatively to stop Montgomery. Although I will just say like, that guy is such a stud. He just really is. He's so good between the tackles, his cuts, his footwork, his, his run after contact, like what that guy can do, very few running backs in the NFL can do. Obviously, the, the guy on the other side can do it too. McCaffrey's just as good as that. He's kind of Gibbs and he's kind of Gibbs and Montgomery put into one package. Um, yeah, they're probably but, the best duo in the league, rhythm and bruise. Oh, yeah. I, I would I would say so. And and I look like you want to talk about Brock Purdy? We should because he did things that Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo could not do, right? He broke sacks got out to the flat and hit Kyle Juszczyk, who you didn't mention. We we're talking about offensive weapons. Josh is probably the best fullback in football. Great sure-handed guy. Um, all pro. All pro. And, and he also used his legs on that third and long to convert. And he used his legs multiple times. And I thought, you know, the, the 49ers really did a good job of, of putting Goff in a similar position where he couldn't make that same play because his athleticism doesn't allow him to. Right. Purdy can scamper. That guy can move. Uh, he hit 49 rushing yards in the second half. That's not nothing. And I thought that there were a couple of rollouts where Goff, if he had the ability to get five to seven yards with his legs, they would have converted and they would have continued some drives. So um, that that's good scheme defense right there by the 49ers and Wilkes, like you said, Nick. And it was a it was a really good game. I I don't remember the last time where we've seen like two starkly different halves like that, like completely different teams playing in. Yeah, the first and second half. Like Chiefs Texans almost remember a couple years ago when they had Deshaun, they were up by a gazillion points, and the Chiefs came all the way back. I mean, Bang- Bengals <laughs> Chiefs maybe. Well, too. Char- Chargers Jags. <laughs> Chargers <laughs> Jags. Yeah, that's probably the worst of it. Honestly, even worse yeah, than yeah. Super Bowl. That one's worse because it's like you know you're up by like twenty eight point twenty nine points in the first half, twenty nine zero, and then you literally get blanked in the second half, and then the Jags win and. You know, it's not as good as a Niners team. It's the Jaguars. You right. Know? Like, yeah, they didn't they, even they, they, they didn't make the Super Bowl after that. But I mean, honestly, like, good that happened because that's like, you know, one of the strikes against Staley. That should have been the final straw. Honestly, we should have. But I mean, ultimately, you waited for the coach that you know 
should have been your head coach. So, you know, I don't, he, Harbaugh wouldn't have been available if they fired Staley last year. So I guess it all worked out for a reason. Last thing I'll say on nine or on, on the Lions, I know what Dan Campbell said, you know, this could have been our only shot, but I don't, I think there's so much left in the tank here. It's such a building year. I mean, look, Rome wasn't built in, in one day. Like they, they com completed so much this year. I think we're all really high on them, but I don't think any of us really thought they were going to make it to the NFC championship game, let alone the Super Bowl. Like they hit on four of their draft picks this year. And that is massive. You know, these guys are all on rookie contracts next year. And, you know, you still have a lot of young superstars. You're not really losing anyone to free agency for the most part. You know, you have your core. Yes, it's a coordinator that's leaving, but you get someone else, you know, maybe you promote someone within the system that kind of knows the system already. Like there's ways that you keep this team going. And I think that what they just got a taste of with the Lions fans getting so motivated about their first playoff win and, you know, selling out the stadium and having entry to be $500 a ticket, you know, just to get in the stadium. Like that's, that's the start of a winning culture. And I really think they've turned the corner and I don't think that they're just going to be a one and done. I think they're going to be back here next season. They should be the favorite to, to win their, the North. And then, you know, they potentially could get to the Super Bowl next year. I mean, yeah. the true question is just going to really be, can Jared Goff really get it done? You know? And, and ultimately like if you compare him versus Purdy in this game, like, Goff is pretty one-dimensional. Yes, he can throw the ball and he can sling it, and I think he's a really great quarterback, but what Purdy's able to do with his legs and what yeah. Mahomes, Mahomes is able to do with his legs and what Lamar is, it like, that's something that, like, is very important in today's age in the NFL. It's like, it's, it, 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 you have Like, it, you almost have to have it at this point. Like, there's no quarterbacks really anymore who are just straight-up pa pocket passers. I mean, there's, much there's some. Yeah. But they're but not the successful ones. If, no. if you have that, if you, if you don't have that ability – which is th something I'm thinking a lot about lately because it's become so glaringly obvious in some search in certain situations and matchups. It's also become something that's talked about ad nauseum, right? But Brady, the the goat, didn't have that ability, right? But what did he always have? He always had James White in the flat. He always had someone in the flat and also an incredible tight end. Laporta, they had. I felt like they need to figure out safety valves behind the line of scrimmage mm. for Goff in a way where he can have checkdowns to the running backs available to him. You roll him out. A lot of times you don't have that, right? Because you're rolling guys to one side and you're not, you, your running backs either on the other side or he's blocking for you. And so that puts you in a position where you're losing one of your safety valves. And I know that's a, that's a position where in the play action pass, he's been really, really strong, but it's just something to consider like taking him out of the gun more as opposed to under center. Um, and, and letting him work with two backs back there sometimes, maybe, I, I don't know, just like opening up the playbook a little bit and adding in more personnel on the offensive side that can give Jared Goff more support if he's your guy going forward, right? And part of that is who's your wide receiver too. It, it can't be Josh Reynolds, but that that's just one thing that I was thinking about. Like, and, and I'll mention in, in thinking about how the Ravens approached their offense against the Chiefs, like, I don't think they got their running backs, or their wide receivers involved in the screen game enough, which is an extension of the running game. And they were, they were one dimensional in that game too. And it limited them a lot. Yeah. We were watching the game, the first game um, with our, our mutual friend, Hunter book. And he turns to me after the chiefs go for a nine minute drive. He goes, dude, they just dink and dunk you to death. And I was like, yeah, dude, how do you think the Patriots won all those years? Welker, Edelman, Amendola, Hogan, 
like Keith, you go back to Keith Falk, you go back to Danny Woodhead, like James White, you know, obviously Gronk and Hernandez were there, you know, they, yes, Randy Moss was epic, but like the real Patriots way is to control the clock four yards, five yards, six yards, four yards, five yards, six yards, first down, like 10 play drives. And that's how the chiefs won it. And I think Goff's best ability he could zip it. He zip. There was a couple throws he made yesterday where he hit some really tight windows. That last touchdown he threw to Jamison Williams was a beautiful throw. Yeah, he had a great one to Amon Ross St. Brown where he zipped it between like two guys. He throws a really pre- precise ball. Oh, he missed and I think one you're really bad one to Gibbs. Oh, that I one. Was he missed another one to the deep out to the tight end on the right side of the field too. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't to Laporta, but it was a. It was open. He was very open. Yeah. Yeah. But your point about like, hey, like they need to create some safety valves for him. Damn right they do. That's how you win football games. You got to control the time possession. You got to dink and dunk your way in. Like, how many times did like Mahomes, like who has maybe the best arm in the league? Quick throw to Rasheed Rice, quick throw to Kelsey, quick throw to Pacheco, boom, 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 just consistently getting it out, like Watson, even quick, consistently getting it out like that. And that's how they won the football game. They didn't try to air it out and beat you along the entire game. They controlled the clock. They get four or five yard throws down the line. And Kelsey had 10 receptions. He had 10 receptions. 10. Yeah, that's how you – I mean, and Laporta <laughs> – the Lions event, Laporta had nine. Yeah. Um, but that's how you win those games. And we say – and you guys, you, you should be thinking a lot about, you know, the athleticism and quarterback and how my, how it's a requirement nowadays because we've been discussing it. What's like one of the things that we have been discussing on our show for so long? How athletic the edge guys are now. Oh, they yeah. They are better athletes than the offensive tackles. And it's growing exponentially. We d- We've been discussing this for years. So now, like – your quarterback has to move because the time they have to throw is getting less and less and they need to be able to create and manipulate the pocket. They were talking about it all the time with Lamar Jackson, how he continues to one of his best skills is his ability to reset and move the pocket around to make it what he wants to be. Ditto with Mahomes. That's how they're extending plays their legs. So it's very paramount. Let's get really quickly into the Super Bowl matchup. We're going to be talking about it a bunch. Can I just can I just what one, one yeah. last thing on the Well, also all four of these teams ran the football incredibly well. So just throwing that out there, the entire season, still important, still very, very important. Your offensive line, how you run the football, how you dictate tempo, um, staying on your own time and doing what you you want to do as an offense. But also just on the on the Dan Campbell thing, like when you don't convert on fourth down, what's it called? A failure. Turnover. A turnover on downs. It's a turnover. It yep. is. You you lose possession of the football and yield it to the other team. So I that's just the one last thing I want to add on that is like they they made an excellent play on Purdy on a sack from behind. Or, or sorry, it was uh the pressure up front. They kind of high fived it and that's why he threw that interception, right? They got to the QB. He stayed in the pocket a little bit too long on that play, which he has a tendency to do sometimes. So something that I think the Chiefs will try and exploit once we get to that matchup. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, it was it was a three to one turnover battle, realistically, mm-hmm. and Great it's talk. hard to win when you don't win Great the turnover talk. battle. Certainly, the Ravens didn't, right? Um, I don't know what Lamar was thinking on that one deep ball that he threw. Triple there were tri- triple coverage. There were a couple of missed calls in that game, but there are missed calls in every game on both sides. So it's I think they call it pretty tough. fair. I I thought it was, I thought it leaned a little Chiefs heavy, but I would expect yeah, it. I was thinking that too. But when they did the replays of those penalties, like. The yes, likely, the likely one was bad and it was very obvious, but yeah, yeah. when like Kyle Van Noy, you're a Super Bowl champion, 
don't don't lead with your helmet. If you're going to get in a guy's face, fine. Don't helmet oh. the helmet touch the guy. No, that's a penalty. That's a penalty for sure. If you're Zay Flowers, like be a professional yeah. wide receiver. Don't taunt the dude after. I think that's BS. Beat. I think that's no. BS. It wasn't BS. He like who can, it, we who, was. Who cares? It's soft, but it wasn't BS. Like you're going to get that call. No, man. no, no. You're you're right. I don't you're think, exactly right. I don't it's think you should. Time. As a referee, I don't think you call that though in that meaningful of a game after that big of a play, like that crucial of a time in the game too. It's like they're the Chiefs. They are go. They want guys. They want the Chiefs to go to the goddamn Super Bowl. Of course, we all know why. Of course, they <laughs> yeah. want Mahomes. They want Kelsey, and they want you know who to be in the stands. The name we won't say. She was content. We're about to try to ride over the next two weeks, like <laughs> like Seed Biscuit. Um, yeah, but it's really great football. Real quick before we get into just gut check Super Bowl, and we'll close out um, predictions. There have been eight different matchups now that have been Super Bowl rematches. Can you guys name them all, including Chiefs Niners? So seven others. Pats Giants. Yep, that's one. Um, so that so that's six more. Six more. Okay. Um, let's um, see. Is there is there like Packers Bears, like OG OG? No, 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 no. no, no. That's not, they're in the same division. Yeah, but were they always? That's not that. That's pre Super Bowl era. Oh, pre. Okay, okay, okay. So um, Super Bowl era, like, yeah. Well, who did the, did the Bills play two teams, a, a team twice? Cowboys. Bills are on there once. Sorry, Nick. Bills, Cowboys. Correct. That's one. Yeah. Um, are Cowboys Steelers? That's another one. Nice. Yeah, those are classic. Before we were born, seventies. Yeah, so you have both Cowboys ones are done. You have one more of there's one team that has that's on there twice, and there's I'm not going to give you any hints because there's like, another Giants on there, right? There, there's not Giants okay. Patriots is only the the two times they had it there. Other than that, the Giants have had different opponents. Are the Patriots on there again? Yes. Um, Hawks. No, we only we only played them once. Only once, right? Yeah. Pats, Eagles. Correct. Yeah. McNabb. And then the That's other cool. one is also pretty obvious. Um pretty obvious. Is it are the Broncos in it? No. No. The Broncos don't have one. So you have you have Steelers boys, you have Bills boys, you have Giants Pats. Um, you have Eagles, Pats, and then obviously Chiefs, Niners. So you're missing one. You're missing three more. One of them's tough. One of them predates us. Hmm. Predates us. Are the Packers in one? No. No more double ups on any teams, though. Yes, there are two more teams that have been mentioned already. Okay. There are two more. There are two more teams that have multiple. Pats have there's I've already crossed all we're the pats. Good, we're good on pats, no. right? Okay. Oh, no, you're not. oh, 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 okay. That will be the, the the obvious one I'm saying is the other pats one. Pats versus Saints. No, we never no. played them. Only one. They only went once. Who they beat? Had they played the Rams early? Yep. First one and last one. Mm, Brady's no. first one is against the Rams, and his last one's against the Rams in the past. Yeah. So that's your Patriots. You have. What said? 
You have two more because we've already included Chiefs Niners. So you have two more to go. Uh, are the Niners in this other one? Niners Raiders. No. Niners. Um, Ravens. Close, but no. Dolphins. Dolphins are in one, but not with the Niners. Dolphins are uh, that's a pretty eight one, right? That's, that's the tougher one. one. That's one that predates. Is, is the team bad that played the Dolphins now currently bad? Yes. Is the Dolphins and the Bears? No. Dolphins, uh, Vikings. No, worse than the Vikings. Dolphins versus. Oh, man, who are the bad, bad teams? This team has stunk during our lifetime, but pre-us was really good. The Bears. <laughs> Better. Uh, the, the, the Commanders. Yes. Uh. And then the Niners versus the Blanks. We don't think of this team as being good, but there was a period of time where they were good in like this, again, like the Montana, Young, whatever era. The Jets, the Niners and the Jets? No, 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 no. They're good now, by the way. They're good now. Bengals. Correct. Mm. Yeah. The um, Solomon Wilcott's era? Yeah, must have been. Yeah. No, it was before him. Before, a little bit before, but. Yeah. Yeah. But like, sure, like around. It was, like it was the uh, Boomer Siasen era. Yeah. And the Icky, what's whatever his name is. The Icky guy Woods. Icky Woods. Was Icky Shovel. He had like 15 touchdowns at one year. Yeah. Like that was, that was their era. Um, real quick, uh, it's one and a half Niners. I don't know. Is it? Yeah. No, I the Chiefs are favored. No. I just looked. Really? Yeah, on the book that I looked at. What? It said Chiefs minus one. Well, you know, we gotta pull up betonline.ag to really check yeah, out what but the yeah, odds we are. can't we can't do we can't do use anything. The, I'm seeing at betonline.ag use the promo code believe to get percent off on your first welcome bonus. Um the promo codes believe B L E A V. San Francisco 49ers are favored by one point, and the over under is 47 and a half. Interesting. So it's essentially, essentially a pick. Um, Forty-seven and a half right now on the over. There are sixty-one percent of the bets are on the over. Fifty-four percent of the money. So it's a fifteen-point swing. That is something I will be monitoring heavily. Nice, nice, dude. I think this is going to end up being a pick'em. Yeah, of course. It's more, yeah, it's one hundred percent. It's a, it's, a, it's about as tough as one you could, you could call. Which you know what I know it's boring for a lot of people, but I I think ultimately like that makes it, it's going to be a great Super Bowl. If you like football, yeah. it's going to be a great game. Uh, I, all right, the, so so what? So the so seventeen ten Chiefs beat the Ravens, but they beat the Bills twenty seven twenty four, and yeah. I would say the Forty ers have a little bit better of an offense than the Ravens did. So I I lean I lean over in this game more than I lean under, but I I do too. Half, that's that's kind of my. My early thoughts there on that number. Last matchup was 51, though. 31-20. Yep. I'm going to go under, but I am with you. I'm hoping for a high octane. Uh, real quick down the line, who do you got? Gut check. We'll, we'll, it'll change as the weeks go. Chiefs. I, I'm i just going to say who I want to win. I want the 49ers to win this game. Uh, I think everyone does. Right? Like, besides Chiefs fans, like, I think we all want... And and the rest of a new America who was rooting for Taylor Swift, but yeah. yeah. True. I mean, yeah. 
I I think the Niners Sorry. get it. I think the Niners get it done. I think we, I think they had their scare against Green Bay, and I think they're and I, they obviously had their scare this weekend, and they showed us that they, in the face of adversity, they could completely take care of business. Their secondary is a little shaky though, and I worry about that against Patricio because he's gonna tear it apart. Yeah, he's a beast. He's a yeah. beast. Um, all right, gents. Pleasure as always. We'll see you guys later in the week for the stripe and then for horns up as well. Fisher Disopolis, DJ and Nikki Snacks, Crider. We'll catch you guys later. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.